Yo, yo, Cuzzo, what's good, bro? What up, Gabe? What's good, man? What it do? I'm well, man. All right, everybody. This is episode, I mean, season two, episode seven. Today's topics we're going to talk about is hip-hop part one, Tupac and Biggie part two, and hip-hop facts. Cuzzo, you want to go first? What you think of hip-hop nowadays? What you thinking? Give me your, give you out of flow, cuz. Oh, yes, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I, was, I guess I give just a little background. I'm in my 40s, not quite my mid-40s yet, but we, we tapping on the door. Um, so, I, you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to, to rap when I was uh, in my uh, young childhood around, I, I guess I didn't start really listening to it to, like, outside of the radio, like just buying my own cassette tapes until about 90. So my first cassette tape was DJ Quick is the name, uh, born and raised in Compton. I used to just play that all the time. That was like, I just love that song. Like it would just touch my soul. And then the second tape I got was Sex Packets by Digital Underground. So I'll give you a little time frame where I started. So I guess the audience can understand where I'm coming from. Um, my third tape was Tupacalypse Now. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, you know, even though I came up on the West Coast stuff, I listened to mostly everything by the time I really could get my hands on everything. So from about 1990, and I knew all the stuff that was on the radio from Slick Rick, Hey Young World, and Fight the Power, and uh, <clears throat> Self-Destruction, and, you know, all the stuff that was on the jukebox, you know. We didn't have cable, but when I went over to my friend's house, I would see, you know, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, you know, all those heavyweight, heavy hitters, NWA, Eazy-E. So... So, so from basically like 1988 to 96, that was for me like my my um, introduction to what it, it's become today. 96 to me was the best year in hip hop. Some people say it was 88. I say it was like 94 and about 97. But it was 96 was All Eyes on Me, Machiavelli, uh, Seven Day Theory, it was written Nas, the Fuji Score, uh, AT Aliens, Outcast, um, Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. That may have came out in '95, but it was playing, you know, it didn't really start getting this play to '96 because I think it came out late '95. Uh, Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. I mean, so much music, you know, uh, Dog Pound, Dog Food. So, to answer your question, um, till about 98 it changed I watched uh, the South they started taking you know Master P's movement so it changed from like the East Coast to the West Coast to the South stuff um, P did some good stuff but it was totally different than the purest of the art form I was done on the West and the East Coast 
And that's when the game started evolving. We heard more coast, you know, Little John, Too Short went down to the South, started doing music with Little John. You got the Yin Yang Twins, Ludacris, who's phenomenal, T.I., Jeezy. You know, you had UGK and um, A-Ball and MJG and Outkast, of course, you know, out the South. So and you started hearing a little stuff out the Midwest. Twister, of course, Bone was hot. And it was a right about uh, 19, excuse me, 2009 when it just kind of just got dull because the internet really just started taking over, G. And looking back on it, it was a dark age in hip hop from about 2010 to about 2012. You know, Nas dropped that Hip Hop Is Dead album. It was kind of like, not kind of, it was, re it just felt like it was dull, you know, and it just changed, hip-hop just changed, if anyone knows Comet, uh, I Used to Love Her, that, that's a real song, that's how, how it evolved, and it's beautiful, and it's ugly, and then you have to adjust to different styles, different cultural aspects from people from the different coast. Since about 2012, I think we're actually in the golden age of hip-hop. I think it's in a very great place. Larry June, Dom Kennedy, um, Currency. Um, who else I'm, I'm rocking with lately? You know, of course, a lot, you know, you got all that Nipsey Hustle mixtapes that he dropped. Yeah, I just started listening to Nipsey about 2014. Um so he's got so much material. Um, I'm drawing the blank of all, you know, of course, uh, J. Cole, Kendrick. And you still got the good, you know, the, the regular guys like Jay Nas and, you know, those guys. And Royce the 5'9", we did the album, that amazing album with Primo, Prime, two albums he did with those, even though they came out a while back. So, you know, and I enjoyed Amigos. I enjoy Gucci Man. It just depends on what, what mood I'm in. So I think we're in a great place. I mean, you know, some stuff is not um, consumable that long for me. But, you know, when I'm working out, I enjoy it. Um, but I think hip-hop is in a great place. How about yourself? Well, because I agree with you. Here's, here's the thing with me. Like, whenever you see me, like, make predictions onto my story, you notice I always have '90s hip hop yes. all on my uh, all on my stories, but then mm -hmm. because I'm me born in the '90s and I'm with you, cause like I started listening to hip hop at an early age, and I started listening to hip hop around '98. I was only seven, going on eight. But the thing is, my parents would not let me buy the cassette tapes or the CDs, because like me being eight, they like uh. -uh. You ain't, you ain't getting that. You ain't getting that. But if you just look at music now, mm -hmm. I feel like, and I and I agree with you, cuz I've good artists that, you know, me and you both listen to, because the artists that you name now, I, I even mm -hmm. listen to um, Baggio. I think yeah, he's I pretty him. good. I mean, I you look dope. at Kendra Lamar. Wait, wait for, most definitely from Memphis, Tennessee. And 
Yo, got it. Lamar too. waiting for him to bring out another album. Yo, got uh, I like Drake. I like his new album. It's pretty dope. Um, not, not like King Disease 2. I love that album. Yeah. Uh, J.D., he can, he don't even have to tell people that he's going to, I mean, well, not tell people, but bring out new music. He could just drop an album and people will catch on like that. People will catch on like that because that's how good and great Jay-Z is. I also mm-hmm. come to find out Jay-Z has something to do with Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary Jane Kendrick getting on mm-hmm. the Super Bowl 56 halftime show. Snoop yeah, Dogg was talking right. about that on the right Breakfast Nation. Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that on the Breakfast Club. You look at J. Cole, he's lyrical. I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't give him credit. Don Kennedy, Don, if I'm saying this right, Don Kennedy, I like his music. Nipsey Hussle, I music, but I didn't really hear Nipsey Hussle music until I heard Killer with Drake. So that's like way back in 2010. Yeah, so like 2009 too. Yeah, that was right. That's crazy. But 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 if you look at a lot of these artists, these these hip hop labels, they (laughs) they just find in anyone because they know hip hop is not what it used to be. I do like I say I do agree with you that there are still great artists out there and you just named them all. But I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of artists that I just be like, damn, did the label just just find them just for the money or the percentage? However mm-hmm. it is. But nineties music, you could you could just you could go back and just be like, man, I could go listen to Jay Z. I could listen to Nas. You can still mess with both Jay Z and Nas to this day. Because they yeah. both still at the top of their game. Then you go and look at, like you said, Outkast, UGK, T.I., Ludacris, Gucci Man, Jeezy. Uh, you look at the No Limit. You look at Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. Death Row Records. You look at Eminem when he came out, you know, DMX. Those guys, they was at the top of their game in the 90s. And in the, the two thousand music gets some love too. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at Fifty Cent, Dr. Dre, and Snoop was still in there. You look at uh, who is it? Jada Kiss the Locks. Mm-hmm. You look at Cameron, Jim Jones, Joel Santana. You know the Dipset Crew. You know them mm-hmm. guys is at the top of their game. You know, really single yeah. Rockefeller. You know, you look at those. You look at those groups. And from the 90s and the 2000s, you'd be like, man, I could go back and listen to any of those artists because they was that good in their proms. Mm-hmm. You know, so like hip-hop, you know, yes, I, I don't think it's like the 90s and stuff, 90s and the 2000s. You give the 80s love, too. You just named KRS-One, Eric B. Rock oh, yeah. Kim. Yeah, uh, you got the game. Cool. Oh, yeah. Stars, Google and DJ Premier, uh, KRS One. Yeah, well, I'll keep. I, man, whenever I talk about that, because I just got through listening to them, uh, the joint by them. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. listening. I was listening to them the other day, and you know they own the Nas New King Disease album with Eminem. You yeah, know that. that. They that them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel like hip hop is still at its level, but it's not at the high level. How it was back in like the 
early in the mid 2000s and the 90s. Because I feel like 90s music what really put hip hop on the map. Because you got all these new artists back in the 90s, you could just say, man, they're good. Can't, you can't forget Cash Money. They mm-hmm. they really was hot uh, down, during that Manif- time in the Manifest 90s. production, yeah. And Wayne is still oh, yeah. rocking. I, yeah. I will tell you this. You'll be shocked to hear me say this. I think the music is just as good as the 90s right now. I'm looking at my current playlist. I got, and I'm just going to just run off a few. Um, Nas, The Pressure, Drake, Champagne, Poetry, Don Kennedy, Rolling Papers, The Loot, Myself, uh, Conway the Machine, Got Currency, AZ, Joyner Lucas, Larry June, who else we got? Uh, Monroe Flow, French Montana, DMX just dropped a new album recently, Nikki. J. Cole, Lil Baby, Busta Rhymes just dropped a crazy album, Styles P, ASAP Rocky, T.I.'s crazy album he dropped last year. Um, I'm trying to see Rick Ross. Who else? You know, Roddy Rebel, you know what I'm saying? Money Bag Yo. Benny the Butcher, you know, whole Gristelda, you know. Larry June, like I said before, you know, Drake is killing it. Meek Mill just dropped some good material. Hit Boy, a Kendrick, Family Ties is crazy. You know, so I think for me is what has always been fun about hip hop is digging in the crates. And sure. title, title is so good at putting you up on, if you listen to this, you might like this. If you're listening to this, you might like it. And it would sometimes take you to veer you to something that you wouldn't think it would think you would like, but it's so intuitive that it put me on to Money Bag Yo. And I'm like, all right, I've been, I wasn't early to the show when he came out. I didn't hate his music or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? But he just didn't catch me. And then one day I was like, let me just make a playlist. And I said, let me see what this money bag yo is. And I was just going through it. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, nice. Yo, God, he's another one. I didn't mention him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, with so many different styles, you know, of course, Too Short, get him, and Snoop and Cube and those guys, and M. I just think this is the best era. I just think it is. You know, you still got all the cats from the 90s. You got T.I. from the two of 2000s and Ross and them. And unfortunately, we lost, you know, one of our, our, our icons, Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and Wayne is crazy. Wayne is on a crazy, crazy thing right now. And this is what I'm listening to. It's a ton of music out there. When I go out to the bars and the clubs, which I don't do as, I, as often as I used to do now that I'm older and COVID and everything, obviously, but it's just be like, who's that? You know, so you got your lyrical category. You got the guys who know how to be lyrical, like a Drake and, uh, you know, a Meek Mill, you know, who do more rosé. They do more of uh, hits, you know, stuff that get played in the club, you know. But it's 
You know, you got guys who just street like money bag, yo, but they real clever. You know, yo Gotti, they real clever and stuff with their lyrics. So I think it's just, you know, you just got to dig in them crates. That's all I wanted to say. Like, I, I love the 90s, but it just in the 90s is like the 70s R&B, you know, Marvin Gaye, you know, <laughs> Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, you know, all that sound from, you know, the 70s leading up to the disco era with Michael Jackson and things like that. But, you know, you can't, you know, like, when you if you grew up in the 70s listening to R&B, there's no way you can't get a 90s R&B props. I mean, which was the better era, 70s R&B, 90s R&B, or was it, some people might say it's the 80s. So it's all about, you know, your perspective. I, I respect where you're coming from because the 90s, it, it, it cultivated to take it to where it is today. The 80s, they was the groundwork. True, that, that's true. But you like, and you're right. Uh, you look at the '90s uh, R&B. You look at from Mary J. Blige to Mariah Carey to Whitney Houston. You know, you can you can name so many ushers to uh, Tevin Campbell. You can name so many R&B artists that had their 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 time. You know, but you like I said, like the '90s hip hop. I feel like, in my opinion, it's the best era. But like I said, I respect artists that doing it up now, you yeah. know, from the old artists to the new artists, from I still listen to E40, to Short, yeah, MC8, you yeah. know, MC8, Ice Cube, those guys. I mean, you look at Ice Cube, the man was writing all his lyrics. He never had no ghostwriter. Look at he was Eminem. writing all in. He was writing all NWA's lyrics, all of him and DOC. The 90s was the best era in terms of making an album front to back. There's no right. question about that. Well, well, here's the thing, and not only not only that about the 90s music, you look at the, the hip-hop labels in the 90s, Def Jam mm-hmm. was always the number one spot. From Public Enemy to mm-hmm. uh, who's it? Uh, Method Man. How can we forget the Wu-Tang Clan? Method Wu-Tang Man was the only one that you know, Wu-Tang, Method Man was the only one that went to Def Jam. Raza, he made those deals. Him and his brother made those deals. They went to Loud. With them. And, yeah, they went to Loud. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, I respect what the 90s music did. Like, because whenever you, because mm-hmm. let's say, like, you just hop into your car, you could just be like, uh, what you about to listen to? You could say, man, I'm not going to listen to me some Nas. I'm not going to listen to some Jay-Z, some old-school Jay-Z, some old-school Nas. And mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of them two, man, I'm glad they squashed their beef 16 years ago. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really glad they did that because when, it, when, I, when I heard about them two beefing, <coughs> I was mm-hmm. like, what they beefing for? I'm like, what they over, beefing for? They both over, over the supremacy, because Nas didn't go, wasn't in that Reasonable Doubt video. Uh, with Biggs and them and AZ in there, kind of sparked the East Coast, West Coast stuff, that little video, right. or it added fumes to it. Uh, Nas was just trying to stay away from that. And then it was uh, it was a natural competitive, competitiveness between them because Nas was the golden child. Big was the king of New York. And Jay-Z was trying to carve out his uh, his 
his space because it was, you know, like they said, who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. And, you know, although Big was the king of New York, everybody looked at Nas like an alien, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like he, and, and Jay, and, and so Big had passed away, so the, the throne for New York was, you know, naturally Nas. Nas was still, to some, always considered the king of New York. And I got a beef. Jay-Z is one of my favorite artists. I go back and forth between him and Nas and Face. How does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introduce or induct Jay-Z in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Nas? That is horrible. I mean, I, do you, not, not to cut you off, cuz, do you think it's because of the album he did with Linkin Park? Do you think that's one of the reasons he's into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, the Lincoln Park albums was dope. I, just being a historian, you know, like we are football, basketball, and hip hop. Right. Nas has always been number one. Jay Z got more success from a, from a commercial side of it, but Nas has always been considered the best MC. It wasn't until like the 2000s, probably about 2000, when Blueprint came off and Nas had did Nostradamus. It wasn't a bad album, just wasn't up to his standard. And uh, Jay-Z kind of got that throne. But Nas, he stayed away from the commercial stuff and and he kind of stayed away from the, 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 you know, the clothing line, all that. Help. You know, that, Jay had Dame Dash, just keep it real. He had Dame Dash. And uh, and I'm Jay Z is should be in the Hall of Fame, but Nas should be getting inducted in the Hall of Fame the same day as Jay Z. You just they they it's like putting Pac in the Hall of Fame and not putting Big. And I believe that's the case. I believe Pac is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they, and Big should be right there with them. They should have went in at the same time. You know. Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders should be in the hall, going to the Hall of Fame at the same time. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way it goes. And I think that's disrespectful. And I get it, it's a popularity contest, but just keeping the culture pure, you know, you know, you got Scarface, you got Nas, you got Cube, you know, you got Snoop, you got Too Short, E-40, Common, like, like rock, rock and roll Hall of Fame, get it together, man. It's a, a Jay Z, yeah, okay. That's like ten years from now putting Drake in and then forgetting the little Wayne. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I mean, you look at you look at little Wayne. You know, he did a rock album alone, and mm-hmm. but like I like I don't like see with me like I don't get into the Jay Z Nas like who should get in there like before. Let it be like, but I do agree with you that popularity wise could be the reason, or probably is the reason of why Jay Z got to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But not, he's going to get there. Like you can't yeah. like whenever, whenever, whenever you, whenever you're talking about hip hop, and if you leave Nas or Jay Z out, then people going to be looking at you funny. Like, wait, you ain't got Nas in there? I mean, when you. I mean, just look at who was trying to start beef with them. One of the hottest guys on the West Coast, even though he was not born in California, Tupac. He was born in New York itself. And then you got two 
you got you got you got Tupac want to start beef with you. He wanted to talk, and then they was mm-hmm. gonna squash their beef. I mean, just look at Nas. I'm pretty sure you 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 heard it already, cause like that's real beef. I mean, like why would this man Nas lie about that? I mean, Snoop Dogg was trying to turn it around, saying that Pac and his goons came in and confronted Nas and all this. So I had to say, okay, I'm not believing what Snoop's saying or what Nas is saying. I want to hear it from the guy who was actually there, Nas himself. So, like, when mm-hmm. he talked about it on Death Row East, I listened to that track maybe four times in a row. So then it's when you think about it, yeah. it, it's an amazing track. And when I when I was listening to it, I was like, <clears> I believe this. I believe this because when when after the war show, Pac, to, I mean, not Pac, but Pac was in Vegas for the fight. Now I'm supposed to flew out there. He said it all in his lyrics. And to anybody that don't know, that want to believe what Snoop is telling y'all, Nas actually said, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to squash, we're going to do a track together. But that never happened because Pac got killed. Mm-hmm. So, like, people, like, when you get respect from Pac, from Tupac, that's that should just shut everybody up because that guy was the hottest artist in the 90s. I got a fun fact for you. Uh, I got a fun fact for you. All right. When Tupac drove to Vegas with Quincy Jones' daughter in the car, and you can find this on Bomb First, our work site, my work, he was listening to It Was Written the whole way there. He studied it because they had just squashed their beef a couple of days before at the MTV Awards. Also, to piggyback off Snoop, Snoop's story is consistent with everybody else's story to me. Everybody else just seems to try to make themselves look good in the story. <laughs> Thado tried to make himself look good. Uh, you know, Snoop tried to make his side look good. Jungle Nas' brother tried to make, but everybody basically had the same story that they ran into each other. I believe Suge Knight's version the most out of anybody because he seemed to be the one with the least cap. I don't know Jungle really was trying to pull a gun on him, but I know tensions were hard. But piggybacking off, Jay-Z and Nas both should be going in at the same time. Nas has the greatest album ever, not hip-hop. One of the greatest albums ever in Illmatic. I don't think it's Nas' best album, but the consensus is it is his best album. And it's so, you know, like I just, they're both great. I'm, I don't do who's better. I bounce back and forth all the time. I just right. thought it was just a travesty to hip hop that it's, not, it's like rewriting history when I was there from the beginning and I saw the whole thing and, uh, you know, Nas was the guy. Jay wasn't. Nas had the 90s on lock. It was Nas, Biggie, Pac, or Pac. Jay was not until about 97. He was hot, but he was not touching Nas, Biggie, and Pac. Those were the three guys. And you had Wu Tang, you know, I mean, and Jay, but Jay was Jay was coming. He was coming, but in the nineties, it was in the, all of the nineties. It was Nas was the best MC. 
Jay didn't get that thrown into the 2000s. Okay, so uh, what about Big L? Okay, we can't forget him because he was lyrical himself. I just felt yeah, like he did that crazy. Yeah, because I heard his big stake maybe back mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and I said, man, this, this guy is nice. But I already heard Big L before. I just never checked out his mixtapes. And he's Big pretty raw. Nice. He's raw. Yeah, he's pretty raw. And to be hanging with Biggie Smalls, who also was lyrical, that's telling you something. Because I rap Jay on the freestyle. That's not easy exactly. to do. Jay was right. o- Jay was okay, but he was, you could tell it was a uh, that night, at least that night, Mikhail was on another level. And I, oh, I don't yeah. think anybody could have competed with him that on that freestyle that night, to be honest. Oh yeah. But well, I mean, but like 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 what what I, how can I say this? I I still like hip hop. I mm-hmm. mean, but like if you just look at from a scale to from a one to a hundred, can mm-hmm. you say fully a hundred that hip hop is still at the top of its prime? No. But I do see yeah. I do feel like it's around 75-80%. You can't say mm-hmm. the full hundred because like I said, there's a lot of music out here that aren't good, and there's a lot of music out here that ain't good. I mean, look at Little Baby. I like I like his music. I don't appreciate what the baby did. Um, his comments when he was on stage, but mm-hmm. can we move past that? I can't, you know. But I, I mean, he should never say what he said. I mean. I I don't understand yeah, why he I, said that, but the baby he's because he because he because because we all say messed yeah. up stuff, right? Everybody does, and uh, right. you know he's young. He's young. Oh yeah, and I would have probably said something like that when I was much younger too. Now that I'm older, I know all your private thoughts don't need to be said. You got to have a public voice, <laughs> but I don't agree with them trying to cancel him. I don't agree with that. You know, like you don't come. Uh, our culture of hip hop is a black man, black women, uh, and our Latino brothers and sisters and our Caribbean African people, right? So this is our culture right here. And everybody else is welcome to it. And it's open to everybody, including our, our fellow gay community there. You know, no one's a visitor, but just know who started this. We'll decide who will kick out. We gave y'all Kelly, haven't, <laughs> you know, but like, uh, you know, a young man and, you know, to shame him and basically bully him, I thought it was a little bad. I think they went a little far, but um, I, he shouldn't have said what he said in hindsight, you know, I agree. There's just some, there just some things that need to be kept private and the mm-hmm. baby should have kept that private. If you didn't, if you have something against people, Sexuality, you should have just kept that to yourself because nowadays in hip hop or just in general around this generation, they get sensitive about what you say. So that's where they want to be like, okay, well, we got to cancel this person mm-hmm. or trying to trying to send up attention to the labels they sign with the drop. I mean, the this generation of hip hop is just sensitive compared to the early two thousand and nineties and eighties, where you could just sit back listen to music because back in the nineties. You being a gay artist wasn't even acceptable compared to now, because a lot of people would would, would judge you on it, or they like, okay, well, they'll pretend like, oh, I, I listen to your music, but won't because of your sexuality, and I feel like that's unfair because there's are a lot of artists in the hip hop or R and B game 
that you know they they hide their sexuality or they just straight up come out and say, "Hey, I'm this and I'm that." But like me doing me, I don't judge. If you got good music out and you are doing uh, well, I'm not I'm not gonna judge you on. I've been listening to Nas X Industry Plant. That song is hot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, look, uh, look, okay. look, yeah. look, but hold on, but hold on, cuz he got good music, right? He got, he got good music. Yeah. I don't care for his sexuality. I don't care what he's doing his own time. If you got good music and if people is listening to it and you you attract me onto your music, I'ma listen to it. I don't care about you being gay, lesbian, transgender. And I said that on, on one of my episodes a while back. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what sexuality you is. What do you got to come to the table when it comes to music? I don't care about what you do in your own spare time. I don't care if you got a boyfriend, you're married to them. I'm not going to judge you on that. Can I you mean, give me some good music I can listen to? We just have to, where we where we mature as a hip-hop, I don't think necessarily as a society, the artists are more uh, aware of the consequences of offending people. So, you know, just to change a word around here and a word around there, you can still make your point. Um, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a sticky situation for African-American black people in this country because we know what it is to be discriminated against. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to ride with being decent and uh, ride with, uh, you know, being aware and not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or saying something insensitive and recognizing someone saying that's insensitive. But at the same time, you know, we have to all be aware of context (laughs) and content. And hip hop is sometimes honest, but, you know, we have to just be careful of our honesty. Um, And, uh, you know, baby, he he learned his lesson. I don't, I, I did a podcast on we not canceling the baby. Uh, and they, you know, when you cancel him and you cancel his, his, his kids, you cancel his mom, his pops, his community, he, he feeds a, he feeds the community, don't you? So you're literally canceling the culture that's getting us out of the ghetto, that's getting out of the urban environment. And there, no one's a visitor in, in our place. You know, hip hop is for everybody, but respect the people who, who started it and created it and keep it going and understand that we will talk to our own and correct behaviors you know what i'm saying and you there's a way to get you know at an artist and have them you know have a real conversation they didn't do that to eminem they had him come on stage and do that performance with elton john you know what i mean so let's keep it consistent yeah, canceling uh-huh. can't be can't be canceling Dave Chappelle and the baby and trying to we R. Kelly, okay, got him. Bill Cosby, okay, we can't watch the Cosby show. Wait a minute, who's the white people we canceling? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, so we gotta we gotta and I, I'm I, I just think we, you know, when a person just give them a chance to come out and say, Hey, you know, I apologize, you know, and uh wasn't my intent to say that. I've realized that I hurt some of my fans' feelings, and 
you know, I'll work to do better. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, we starting to, we starting to eat our own, you know, trying to make, you know, get the message across. We're starting to eat the people who are the allies of, you know, who are your allies. So, but we gotta be, we gotta be, um, I don't want to use the word sensitive. We have to be aware of the things that we all say, you know, and, uh, know that you could be offending somebody, but we have. I'm going to use the word sensitive now. We have gotten way too sensitive on everything. <laughs> Not rap lyrics, just things in general. I mean, well, uh, you're right. You, I, I agree with everything you said, cause, but because, but the way this generation is, I don't care if it's non-hip-hop or hip-hop. You say some, one wrong thing, you're going to have maybe 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe 102 to 300 people, including the media, that want you canceled. I mean, they like they want you canceled, but it's the way, as an artist or non-artist, you handle that. Are you going to apologize, or are you going? To, are you going to be selfish, or are you going to take the positive road out and say, "Hey, I said something wrong"? Because we are, we, we're not perfect. So, nobody like, is. nobody is exactly, and just come out, and take the positive road. Now, yeah. not everybody going to forgive you about you apologizing. They go some people that gonna hold grudges, and they got some people say, "Okay, I forgive you." Now, give us some good music, or give us something positive, or come give us something back for the community, yeah. whether it's hip hop or non hip hop. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, man, like hip hop, and I'm talking about from a fan perspective. They're sensitive. Not all fans. Not all the fans. There's some fans like that that make it even more negative. You got I don't some even fans think it's the fans. It. I think it's outsiders who just hear it and say, "Oh yeah, let's stump on his neck." I That's don't the think media. The fan, right. I don't think the like Kanye didn't get canceled. He wore a MAGA hat, and I was like, "I don't care. I'm here for his music." <laughs> you know? like, exactly. Like, you know, that, for, like, like <laughs> look, like little not little Nas X came out and said, "Hey." I'm gay. You know what I did when I heard that? Okay. You got good music. You got he, one of the most number one hip hop. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't think Little Nas X is trolling. He loves to troll. I mean, just look at his, his Twitter and stuff. He loves to troll. Yeah. I, I he mean, said he's he, tired of being gay. Well, well I've seen, I've seen that tweet too. He I've seen that tweet too. A, a, a beautiful woman on his red carpet looking very normal. So I, I, don't I mean, know. <laughs> I mean, look, look. I mean, here's the thing, little Nas X, man. Be power, more power to the brother. He, exactly. He's doing his own thing, man. I have nothing against that man. That man's minding his business, and it is what it is, man. It like is what it I, is. I, I look, I love just the guy, you know. Oh yeah. All right, cuz let's get into movie. the next topic. For sure. Let's let's get to the next topic, cuz Tupac and Biggie Part Two. Man, okay, what you think of these artists is and what you think they would have did now if they both were still alive? I'm going to let you get the floor. Well, I used to read the source back when we was in the 90s. It was like the Bible. It wasn't like the Bible. It was the Bible of hip-hop. And I would read the, uh, you know, the Dream Hampton articles. She was like 
write these articles. And in the article, you would, when Biggie would, Pac would get interviewed, you know, Biggie would be there with them. We're talking about 92, 93, 94, right? And they were like, they were really tight. They're like best friend type of type, like industry type. I mean, you know, you got your, you know, they were tight. They were tight. I mean, you can hear Biggie's Pac style and ready to die. That is without question. You know, the themes. Now, it's, lyric, it's technically Biggie the better lyricist. Oh, he's better than not almost everybody that's ever touched the mic. And anyone who's close to him is only equivalent. But, like, so Biggie was influenced. Baby, baby, my baby. That, that's all Pac, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, so it's a, as a fan, that was a dark era. Hip hop kind of died in March, uh, March 9th, 1997. Um, man, I get the chills talking about it. So, um, Nipsey, I took that hard too. Pac, I didn't take so hard, even though it was my favorite artist because he was just a wild boy. And he was like, he keep living like this, he's gonna get killed. Like, so when he got killed, it was like, oh shoot. When he got shot, he was like, again? And then he died, that was a shot. But like, I wasn't surprised by it, but it, it was like, it left a void. But Biggie was still here and Nas was still here. And Jay was coming. But for them to be friends and, you know, Pac gets robbed at the Quad Studios in Manhattan, just outside of Harlem, where he was born. Pac is from born in, in Harlem, New York. Uh -huh. And and to have all that record heavyweights and the guys that Pac would run with were, you know, drug drug guys and it was just got into some gangster shit. And I think Pac just got into a situation where he got robbed at the studio. He was just paranoid. He had a rape case pending over him. In fact, the day after he got shot, he had to go show up to court where he was uh, acquitted of the rape, but he was uh, charged with uh, sexual assault, with a forcibly touching the buttocks. Don't know what that means, but I mean, it was not good, obviously, with the charge. And, you know, he got basically at 24 years old, just turned 24 years old, he he was going to be gone for three years, one and a half to three years. It was like, that was a death to us in hip hop. Like no music from Slick Rick had already been locked up for about three years by that time. So, and then Pac does that infamous interview in the vibe. And then Biggie does the Who Shot You song that he claims he made before that. Now the, the title itself, is bad enough and then you know Pac has an intro on me against the world a soldier a coward dies of a thousand deaths a soldier dies but once dies once and then big you know who shot you feel a thousand deaths when i drop you old school new school so Pac had a song called old school on this album you know and he's basically talking you can't talk with a gun in your mouth it's just a lot of in your windows and it, it just, it was like, whoa, is he talking about Pac? That's his man's. And then Pac getting an interview, he feel like Puff, who was also his homie, that was also Suge's homie, Puffy. They were all boys. 
And then some dude gets killed off in Atlanta. Suge's best friend, allegedly by a guy named Wolf. They say it wasn't Wolf. Some people say it was. I don't know. And all hell breaks loose. Wait, 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 wait. Cousin, not, not, not to cut you off, cousin. When you say mm-hmm. Wolf, that was Diddy's bodyguard, right? Bodyguard, right. Yeah, that's the dude uh, that allegedly was killed that. by Big Mitch. Big Mitch. One of Big Meech, um associates, yeah. They say it was Meech, yep. but I don't know. Yeah. They Well, yeah. they think Meech is the one that put the call out. Just like they thought uh, I don't know. Big Meech, just like when they thought Big Meech put the call out to get Gucci Man killed in 05. That was that seemed to be G's. That seemed to be G's. But like, well, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, cuz. No, I, I mean, the Big Me situation, no one knows, right? Big Me got shot in the got shot in the ass. And maybe one of his boys did it, but it was they it it was during an altercation over a girl from all information that's out there on YouTube. So we're not talking about nothing that's not already out there, so we're not dry snitching. But sure. is um you know, so that's just how it all circles back. So, you know, Pac signs with Death Row, and uh, and it just, yeah. I, I never liked it. I I I wasn't. Uh, I was so happy to hear music from Pac, but I wasn't. Even though All Eyes on Me in hindsight is a great party album. It wasn't at that time lyrically as tight as I knew he was. He had great songs on there. And Machiavelli sounded like somebody who shook the rust off, right? And right. But I didn't like it because I wanted to hear them rapping. We only got like two and a half tracks from them when we was alive. You know, one with Big L and Pac. Big L and Big L. No, it was, it was Deadly Combination with Pac and Big L. And then it was um, running from the police with Biggie, and they were drama side over. It was Outlaws and Pac, and then we got uh, the trap with Grand Pooba, Biggie, Heavy D, and Pac. Rest in peace to Heavy D too as well. And those were amazing tracks. And I, I mean, that's really all I got to say. It was, it was just. It, they were young. Um, they were young, man. And it just, you know, money and fame and that gangster stuff sometimes can blur the lines, man. I, I don't think Pac was totally wilding. I think he had a point. I think he pushed the line too hard, sleeping with Biggie's wife. I think uh, um, Biggie... Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, even though it was one of the greatest tracks I ever heard in my life, probably one of the the greatest diss track ever. I don't think he sh- that should have been released. So he basically put out Who Shot You and Long Kiss Goodnight. So they both made mistakes, you know. And I think a conversation, if they just seen each other and could talk, I think they could have squashed it. Because I don't think Big had Pac set up. I really don't. But I Big agree. did not. Big Big did not help his case. 
You don't go see your man in jail. I don't think Pop realized Biggie ever came to see him in the hospital, too. If that, he'd have known that, I think that would have changed everything. But I lived through the era, so it hurts. I don't like talking about it, man. Well, well here, here's the thing, because you know, because most of the stuff I was reading, man, you talking about it. Like, Kabuk, but when you look at Pop and you look at Biggie, now, we know Pop sold 11 platinum albums. And this, some of these 75 million albums worldwide, this even after his death. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Biggie, uh, Ready to Die. What's the, I think, was that the album he didn't see? Well, that was the second album, right? First album was, was Ready to Die, and the second one was Life After Death. Right. Biggie did not see a second album because he no, died. He didn't, he didn't. No, he didn't see it. Nope. That he album seen came the first out March seventeen, I think, like a week after he died. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that first album, Ready to Die, came out in ninety four, I believe. But right, but here yes. here's but here's the thing. When it when it comes to lyrical between them two, Biggie was better lyrical. Who had the better music was Pac. But if you look at Pac, Pac has so much stuff, some good stuff, ahead of him. I mean, a lot of people don't know. You probably know this, cause, cause you mm-hmm. was in that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pac was supposed to be in John Singleton's Higher Learning, mm-hmm. but what happened and was baby he went boy. To jail. right. He went to jail. He went mm-hmm. to jail because of was those uh, shooting those two cops in Atlanta, right? It was, I think, believe, was it that? It was, or it was that rape case. It was one of them, but they oh, replaced oh, him with Buster Rhymes. It was, it was all of them, <laughs> right? So, yeah, you're like, right, right. You're right. Yep. So, like, they replaced him with Buster Rhymes, just like Tupac supposed to have been in John Singleton's Baby Boy. They even mm-hmm. each other. Like, I posted that up a while back. I mean, John Singleton, that was man, that was John, that was Tupac's boy. You know, like, John Seekers was already at a, at the top of his game. Both of them was, actually. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if these two was both still living, I think they would have squashed their beef because if you heard what Tupac said, he said they beef was small. It was small. Would you forget so, somebody who slept with your wife? I mean, I mean, look at, look at, um, uh, Rock. I mean, look at, look, well, I'm gonna get into that, cuz, cuz you got a point. <laughs> you look mm-hmm. at, uh, you look at Rock, cuz when I was looking at the Wu Tang Clan series, you look mm, at Ghostface really Killer. That's really good. Right, Raekwon and Ghostface Killer. That was actually true. This man shot up Ghostface Killer's mama house, but they moved past that. That's I mean, I don't know. You see, so like if they can move past Jay Z and Nas passed, got past the comp, you know, Jay Z sleeping with his baby mom. Right. His wife and seems then, a little more sacred though, right? But I feel Right, like, but we we never know, but I feel like these if these two were still living, I think Pac would have had his own label. He would have been bringing out other artists from the West Coast, East Coast, South. Pac didn't care what the artist who they was from. He had love for all all the Southwest, East. He had love for all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, we can't forget Easy E, rest in peace to him. We can't how we forget about him. You know, he looked he he signed a lot of artists, but if they like I said, Pac would have been still been would have been an actor too. 
I think he would have did well in the acting because his acting was getting good, especially Poetic Justice. I feel like Pac nailed that role as the mailman. Yeah, you know, he nailed that role. And My then you know, Pac acting was uh, above the rim. I thought he was fly. Above the rim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought he you, was fly. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you, we'll tell you this, guys. You could you Pause. can argue <laughs> you can argue all all his acting skills from juice to above the rim to uh what's what's the other movie he was in? Uh was it Juice Above the Rim and Poetic Justice? You could argue, but Pop yeah. nailed all those roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 wouldn't even think like when you heard Pac in a in a star. A, a couple of movies, and he had more movies in the future. I feel his, like I feel like his I feel role like on a different world with Jada. That was that was a classic moment for us. True that. And here's yeah. the thing: Pac Pac would have been on his own. I think I think Suge would not probably would have let him out of his contract because Suge was getting more, mostly all his money from Pac. You know, a lot of people don't know that Suge was beating Pac, and that's when his mother had to sue, and that's when Suge like look. You got to school. You got to school Interscope. You got to school it because they're the I, top guy. I but think. Then, when he, go ahead. I'm sorry. But then, and then you look at Biggie's situation. He would have mm-hmm. left Diddy because he was bigger than Diddy. He was bigger than Diddy, just like Pac was bigger than Suge. These guys, there's a lot of artists that's bigger than their boss. I mean, you look at Lil Wayne. He was bigger than Birdman. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Fifty Cent. He was bigger than Em and Drake. But what Emmett Dre did for him, they said, okay, and Interscope, they said, okay, we're going to give you your own label. We're going to give you 15 mil to kick off your G-Unit label. And the rest was history. But you look at, like I said, you look at Biggie and Pop. Biggie would have went on his own. I think he would have left Diddy. I don't know if it would have been some type of beef. That is a what if. We would never mm-hmm. know that. Because mm-hmm. both of these guys are Mm-hmm. You know, deceased. But mm-hmm. the but I feel like Pocket Biggie would have squashed their beat. I think they would have did an album together. That's just my opinion. No, and, uh, yeah, for sure. And I feel like these 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 two top artists would have had other artists that we probably would have known by now, or we probably would never know. We don't know. It's a what if. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I just feel like these guys would have had bright futures. Their own labels. I feel like they would have had their own labels together. And, you know, and on with Biggie, he had love for the whole New York. You know, you never heard him in no beef other than Pop. Who else did he yeah, have beef with? Beef with we Wu Tang. <laughs> well, yeah, well he did he did take a shot at them, but the eventually beef. they the squashed the roots. They had the beef with Drew, but no real serious beef. But they, you know, yeah, you know, you in that top spot, people come for you, but not like the situation right. you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. You didn't really but, no I, but, yeah. but eventually, Biggie, you know, they squashed that, them and, and Wu Tang. But my my thing is this is that Pac and Biggie, they was at the top of the game. Both of them so well, they was known around the world. You know, I just hate that Pac was getting himself into trouble. That messed up a lot of millions of dollars for him, you know. John Singleton, you know, you you got one of the hottest producers and directors. He writes his own stuff, you know, and uh, he the one that put Cube on. He the one that put Cube on. He said, "Look, Cube, 
you're a writer. You can write a rap. You can write a rap. You can write a movie. Yeah. You can write a movie. So he did that, and the rest is history with Q. But Pop, he was writing his own stuff. Biggie was most definitely writing his stuff. They both Pac had high. They were both writing their own stuff without question. Yeah. I mean, you 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 look at Tupac. I'm hearing that he was in the studio for three, four days straight, just writing new music, writing for his next album and everything. And they like, yo, Pac's still in the in the, in the studio doing music. Guess what Suge said? Okay, let him do what he got to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Biggie. He was in the studio for days. Diddy's the same way. Okay. Because they know they both both of them CEOs know they were, they were Gemini's. They were Gemini's right. too. So they were yeah. they were very creative, you know. And but both I mean and both were very uh charismatic. Even though Biggie was this big dude, he was tall, he was charismatic too. Biggie was funny. Pac was funny, he was a jokester. I mean I mean after the, the getting shot and in the in the the sexual assault a conviction, you know, Pac wasn't is he wasn't the same guy anymore. He's a little more on edge, you know. He was never he was never no punk. Pac was never a studio gangster like people like to betray him to be. I know, you know, how he was at seventeen and where he was at at nineteen is a dramatic change of a kid who can go from sounding damn near like you know what I'm saying like he 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 he's soft you know like he's a he's got girly ways you know what I'm saying but we, we you know some of us keep our innocence longer but you know what I'm saying I I know growing up you know I you know by the time I turned I was not the same person at 16 that I was at 19 16 I was just innocent <laughs> at 19 I just you know, growing up in urban environments, you, you got to get tough. And and Pac was he was he was a real one. He was he was. I trust me. Anybody want to believe think Pac was soft or think he was a studio? Did he did he play it up too much? Yeah, he didn't have to do that. But and Biggie was that guy. And fun fact: this is my last one. E forty booked a show out in Sacktown in the Bay Area. For uh, allegedly, it's out there on the internet, but I'm gonna still put allegedly. Put the uh, book the show for Biggie to come out there, so he can get Biggie in front of his goons, and they was ready to take Big out. And Wait, E Four? Yeah, Mr. C confirms this story. Is it Mr. C or Biggie's manager? at that time and uh, E-40 confirmed that situation and he called his goons off um, and make, and on his word, he got Biggie out of there. Um, go look it up. <laughs> it happened. You know what, cuz I, I, I did not know that. You telling me something new. You telling me something really new. Like that was for, I that was, that was for that. Pac. That was for Pac. Wait, E forty? That was that's Pac, Biggie. Pac was, no, the the that that setup situation where they got uh-huh. Biggie brought him out to the West Coast on that type of shit. That right. was them riding for Pac. Pac was still locked up. 
okay, okay. I, I'm Remember just learning stuff because E40 is pot boy, just like B. Yeah, I know that pot boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, E40 is basically his biggie on the West Coast. You know, you know what? Speaking of E40, man, that's like one artist that I always have major respect for. Like whenever somebody say E40, I just like, man, let me go put this one of his tracks on. I love you know, his like, acumen. He's been like, yeah. he, E40 was the, uh, just so everybody know, E40 was Jay-Z before Jay-Z. We're talking about just in terms of being an entrepreneurial dude. Right. And E40 owned 1997 and 98 summers in Detroit. That's all we played in the D, all my Bay Area people. We was playing that. But E40 was one of them. He was the hustle because he had sick with it records. He was had his own record company, and now he got his own um, beverage company, alcohol company. And a well, yeah, a spoon. I, yeah, I know, I know about his new liquor because he had it at one of the Lakers games. And but yeah, like I, I just, I just, I just felt like that Pac and Biggie. Like I think they both would have, you know, been doing their own thing. I think they both would have been successful at what they did. They both I wish was, they was here, stuff. bro. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. I missed them. Oh, yeah, I missed them too, cuz. But, hey, the last mm-hmm. topic. Hip-hop yes, fact. Hip-hop fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now, let me give you a hip-hop fact, cuz. Now, back in 1992, Jay-Z and Busta Rhymes went, both went to the same high school, and they used to battle each other mm-hmm. at a cafeteria. Jay Z mm-hmm. and Buster Rhymes, and mm-hmm. also another another hip hop facts, DMX yes, and Biggie, DMX and Biggie, both went to the same high school, did the same thing. Got any got any other hip hop facts, guys? Yes, I just learned this relatively recent, so this is not no new. It's not nothing I knew back in the nineties and the two thousands and the two thousand ten. I just learned learned this this year. Irv Gotti and the Rough Riders met with Suge Knight and Pac with DMX to sign a death row. And Pac and DMX was having a stare down. <laughs> Sizing each other up. That's Irv Gotti. That's from his mouth. There's pictures on the internet too with Suge taking pictures with him. It had been nice to sit there. I wonder if some pictures of Pac and DMX standing next to each other. That's just something for the audience. <laughs> um, I guess, can I come up with another one? Since we talk about Pac and Biggie, Nas and Jay, because they're staples of the 90s in this hip-hop culture. The song Nas has with Mob D is a playoff Brandy and Monica's The Boy Is Mine. They call the song It's Mine, and the lyrics go, you need to give it up. We don't give a, the life is mine. There is a debate that they're really saying you need to give it up. Thug, life is mine. And then Nas raps at the end. You don't need a wake, no, he said, you don't need a soup, no wake, no funeral, no casket. Just some hip hop stuff for people to go out there and play with and look on YouTube. It's just like, whoa, look that Apoc this. Pac was dead at this time, too. 
But the, what we realize now, artists make the music so further, so far away, and they turn out turn in albums two, three months, and it's kind of hard for them to get stuff pulled off. We realize that now, but that's that's what I got. You got anything else? This is good. This is a good episode. We're gonna do more of these. Yo, cuz, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, sir. Okay. Shoot, man. I was like, oh man. Okay. Let's let's get into uh another hip hop fact. Speaking of Nas. He co-wrote Will Smith's hit single, Get Getting Jiggy With It, and they won a Grammy in 1998. Yeah, he wrote most of that album, what I heard. Yeah, and let me give you another fact. Kendrick Lamar, he was on set of Dr. Dre and Tupac's California Love video. I can believe that. Uh-huh. Got any other facts, guys? Dr. J wrote Still Dre. I mean, Jay-Z wrote Still Dre. He wrote Snoop's part. And he wrote uh-huh. Dr. Dre's heart part. A lot of people know Jay-Z. that. But yeah, Jay-Z wrote that. Yep. I okay. think that's Jay-Z's best verse, verses either, <laughs> too. I think that's one of Jay-Z's best verses. And he got a lot of amazing ones. But he wrote Dr. Dre. Uh, another fun fact with that, everybody tried to write a, a hit for that album. Jay came through. Killed it. Gabe, you gave we got some technical difficulties. I'm gonna uh, slide in until you come back on. Um, yeah, this is a great episode. You know, like just for hip hop and everybody in general. Like, just appreciate the art form. Do your history. I still gotta go back and redo my history on the '80s. You know, understand Cool Herc. And everything that came out of the Bronx and how hip hop started and the evolution came from Caribbean music, dance hall stuff, it was, which came from Africa. The beats and the rhythms and the drums, you know, it ended up in New York. But hip hop has existed in every city, every black city, in some type of way. You can look on the video and on YouTube and see the old uh, stuff in the 30s and 40s and 50s of, you know, cats using harmonization with words, acapella or over a beat, rhyming. So it's been around. New York. Hey, yo, cuz. Get the credit. Cuz, can you hear me? You back. You back. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Oh, okay, man. Because I, I was figuring like, oh, man. All right, cuz. I'm going to name one more hip-hop back, man. Okay. Right. Uh, in 1992, Easy E signed it to Black Eyed Peas to roof this record in 1992. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because uh, I was always wondering, whenever I looked up Will I Am's uh, thing, it always said, death, I mean, not death, for a ruthless record. And then, then I said, okay, let me go research this and come to find out he signed it, the whole Black Eyed Peas, his label. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, he signed up to all his uh to his label. And I also I'm giving it. one more hip hop. I'm giving one more hip hop back with uh with Diddy. Speaking of P Diddy, he was the I think he was the background dancer for Yo, Cuzzo, you went out. I think Diddy was the background dancer for Father MC. I believe that was it. It's a movie. Diddy was the Tupac was also the background dancer for Digital Underground. Cuzzo, you there, Cuz? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's my Cuzzo, Good Games podcast. Man, he killing it right now, y'all. So y'all go support him. Make sure y'all follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. And, uh, you know, support him. You know, it's my little cousin. He a big homie, though, you know. And uh, y'all wish him a happy birthday. He got a birthday coming up in a couple of days. Yeah, make sure y'all y'all go check him out and you know go check on him. And uh, we gonna tap out right here. We holla. <laughs>